Hello and welcome to a small change in our regular programming. I'm your host, Gavin, and not joining me today is a co-host, Sage. Instead, I'm going to take you on a trip with a couple of previous guests. That's right, we're going to the Vague Zone to discuss the modern kung fu classic, Ip Man 2. Enjoy. Don't forget to check out their show wherever you find podcasts, and is this still good? We'll be back soon. Ladies and gentlemen, and now for the long-awaited Chinese Western Boxing Tournament, please give a roaring welcome to the undisputed champion of the world, the Twister! Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 45 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are discussing Eat Man 2 from 2010. And joining us for this discussion is Gavin Murray from the Is This Still Good podcast. Thank you for joining us, Gavin. Thank you for having me. Hello, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Glad to have you. Uh, before we get into the discussion, Thomas, will you read for us the IMDb synopsis? Absolutely. All right. Directed by Wilson Yip. Eat Man, Eat Man 2, centering on Eat Man's migration to Hong Kong in 1949 as he attempts to propagate his discipline of Wing Chun martial arts. It's, yeah, very concise little I don't, synopsis That there. doesn't feel entirely accurate either. Not, yeah, it, does, it really swaps over a lot of what's happening in this movie. But um, yeah. sometimes the IMDb uh, synopses are very, very brief. And so, yeah, that's a good one. So, yeah, I guess we'll start it off. Gavin, what did you think of Eat mm-hmm. Man 2? Oh, I I really enjoyed this movie. If it was nothing more than just Donnie Yen smiling after like punching people for an hour and a half, I'd be yeah. on board. And that's only like half this movie. There's a lot more to it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. His his little like smiles and like winks to people is, is really good mm-hmm. in this movie. He's con- doing a lot of controlling of people in this movie too, which kind of goes with that. So when we said we were going to do the Ip Man series, you requested specifically to be on this episode. Yes. I'm assuming you have some pretty strong feelings beyond you enjoy it. <laughs> I So Sammo Hung, who choreographed both this and this movie and the first movie, and maybe other ones, I'm not sure, uh, makes his appearance in this series in Ip Man 2, and I fucking love him in this series. Yeah, uh, yeah. He is so much fun. And I guess he had heart surgery, too, right before appearing in this. But that did not make him hold back at all. He's just all in. And there's a incredible fight scene in the middle of this movie that I'm sure we'll get to that uh, features him heavily. And... Yeah, he has, I think, my favorite line in the movie, too, after his <laughs> fight and, like, the whole, like, ceremony thing. He just sits down and just, medicine! <laughs> just, like, the guy's yeah. just rush up. <laughs> yeah, so he's, he's a really, like, fantastic addition and a great contrast. So, yeah, just... Uh, Donnie Yen's stoicism, his like, yeah. really reserved, and then yeah, we get this kind of like Bo Rai Show kind of guys, really heavy, heavy set, <laughs> like master. Uh, Daniel, what did you think of uh, this movie? General thoughts: I think it's kind of a step down from the previous <laughs> one. Um, okay. I think, hmm, like the first one, it's so dramatic and it feels mm-hmm, very, mm-hmm. you know, it's very historical. And this, I, I, it, it takes a step back. It it takes a step down it's a smaller movie initially and i kind of enjoy that i'm kind of okay with that and the movie seems to say no that's not enough we need to make it bigger we need to get more uh you know political and nationalistic and i think that's when it kind of takes a dive and i'm no longer that interested in it um i feel like the structure becomes very obvious and predictable and there's some stuff that happens in this movie that is supposed to be very dramatic that just feels like an obligation to get us to our end point um but that's yeah, fair. those are my those are my general thoughts thomas what about you it is fair <laughs> um yeah i'm kind of with you on that i really appreciate like the historical aspect of the first one and just like just the fights in the first one there's a lot of more fights in e-man one so this one there's a little bit less fights he's dealing with a lot more stressors like his wife is pregnant he can't pay rent he's having trouble finding students and so he's like he's having a lot of stuff like weighing on his shoulders and then yeah I, like i appreciate those smaller like little complex things but yeah then it sort of ramps up halfway through and you get introduced to this like really insane awful villain who i think is a really great <laughs> villain who really 
like the dude you love to hate like I fucking hate this dude the actor uh, Darren Shalavi plays like this really yoked British dude who's just like dropping racial slurs and just being just mm-hmm. the most offensive dude so to see him get his ass kicked is really really satisfying so I liked that aspect of it but yeah there were some he's not just playing any dude his name is twister twister we, we, must, twister. we twister. must mention yeah he's a great yeah villain boxer name and yeah it's interesting that yeah it's, the first one is all centered about like chinese martial arts and wind chun specifically and that is a part of this movie as well but then it becomes a straight up boxing film towards the end like well it's like wind chun versus boxing but it takes on like that boxing archetype and i saw some things online that saying it's basically Rocky four. I haven't seen anything past Rocky one, so I'm not really familiar with how they played out, but I heard it's like kind of like the, the whole Ivan Drago thing of like, you know, the dude gets killed yeah. in the ring. And so, yeah, so yeah. not to spoil that, but yeah, I think it, it hits those familiar beats, but it didn't really bother me too much upon the first watch. I was really into it. And yeah, it's, it definitely like won me over, but yeah, on the second watch, I was definitely kind of let down. I, I wish there was a little bit more fighting in this movie. I feel like there's kind of plenty of fighting. There's a yeah. good amount of fighting, and the fights are big in this movie. Like, yeah. the the first movie is heavily dramatized, and like that is like part of the strength of it is like the melodrama really shines. In this one, it definitely takes a little bit of a smaller step back, and the opening is much slower and smaller, and then the melodrama like starts ramping up pretty aggressively, like y'all are saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, which doesn't ruin the movie for me. It definitely is a much sillier film than the first movie. Uh, yeah, and even even from a fighting person. Doing a delicate dance. Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> but I, like, I kind of love that about it, though. So, like, in the first movie, we talked about how the wire work, it feels like it's just, you know, it's it's allowing the characters to do a little more dodging and stuff like that. Like, there's mm-hmm, nothing mm-hmm. too exaggerated, but here it goes, like, full, you know, Shaw Brothers-style kung fu film where, like... I mean, yes. one of these uh, fights that we've been alluding to takes place on a table and they're balancing the whole time and like jumping nine feet into the air. And Yeah, that's, that seems <sighs> incredible. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's, like, it's but the it height is of such the series a, in my mind, but it, it, is, is, a, a, it is a break. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's sort of reflective of like this break from the drama. Um, yeah. It's just not interested in being the same type of movie at all. Well, and even in this movie, too, like, the, in the first movie, it is that stoicism. Like, he has this kind of faith that it's going to be okay, and it is. Um, and in this movie, like, he continues to have that same almost, not lack of struggle, but, like, it's just, like, it's going to be okay. And then he says, I'm not going to pay you, which I'm sure we'll get a little bit more into details with that. But, like, there's always this feeling that it's going to be okay. So even the melodrama, it man isn't allowed to feel it the same way that like in the first movie, I feel like he is broken down a little further than in this one. They just kind of get more to the action. And that is that table scene. Yeah. That is, you know, yeah, I did appreciate the sense of community. Like I like the, <laughs> I, I really like the sense of community with the whole like bailing each other out scene. And just like how that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. plays out. Just like the wife not having enough money, then going to the landlord. And then like, yeah, so I, I, I definitely feel that. And yeah. And then just how the big like fights sort of get solved with Jin sort of showing up and like, just yep. sort of calming mm-hmm. everybody down. I, I do appreciate those things. Yeah, I Jin, think I, it's so ooh. lovable in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's adorable. But it's also they don't really do anything with him. Like he shows up and he has like a nice little comedic moment with his wife. Uh, yeah. And then he's just kind of, you know, later on, he's listening to the radio of the Eat Man fight. And that's about it. Yeah, it's more of a cameo than like yeah. doing anything. It's, it's just like he shows up and think... just kind of d- diffuses this street fight. And I think that's like a good little cameo because there's a lot of other like callbacks to like the owner of the cotton place like he's yeah. now like mm-hmm. uh, homeless eating duck on the street and so then like he gives his son a job at the newspaper so like i don't know there's there's some like good stuff going on but yeah i don't know <laughs> that cameo felt much weirder to me and i mean this movie opens up with a quick summarization uh, like summarization of the first movie yeah which just feels totally different to where we start this movie off like it feels almost disconnected like you know he's had a gunshot he got shot at the end of the first movie yeah. and yeah. they're on the run from like authorities and and now it's they're here the in hong kong and it's and now they're broke and that's that's the that's the major driving force is that like he's got a family to provide for yeah and he can't pay the rent he can't pay the landlady yeah. <laughs> which is interesting because it's like this was right before mao started like they really started executing landlords in China. Mm-hmm. 
Um, obviously, he's in Hong Kong, which is like a little different, but uh, it's curious that the landlord's a problem. And it's like, if only someone would do something about these landlords. Huh, I didn't know about that. Is that that's, <laughs> didn't, that didn't pick up on that either. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, there's so much stuff. Well, there's a little bit of trivia I read on IMDb that um, the this fight that sort of happens didn't actually happen, but it happened. Uh, so it's set up that I mean, did any is... of this happen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there was a fight, but it was his uh, his pupil, like the his like first pupil that fought a Russian boxer instead of Eat Man hmm. fighting a British boxer. So yeah, he fought like this two hundred and fifty pound Russian guy. Um, but yeah, so there's not like as historical in this one. But yeah, I do think it, it, it is like fun. It's more loose and like yeah, the fights are a little bit more like chaotic. The one inside the fish market is like is, is kind of crazy. I wasn't super into it the first time I watched it. What did you two think about the fight when he saves his student? He like shows up and he's like, do you have the ransom? And he's like, no. And so and it's like the fight breaks out. I, I, I like the fish market scene just because a bunch of guys run out with these butcher knives from mm-hmm. seemingly nowhere. Uh, like they yeah. just heard a commotion and decided to run towards the commotion with knives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hard to be upset about that. And then we get some fantastic palate foo when he yeah. pulls out the palate and he's like, just the way that's shot too is so much fun. Like these fight scenes are big, but like they're shot very intimately, and I never lose sight of what's happening. I like, it was a lot of bird's eye view, so that we have like the staging set, and things get intimate, and we always know like it's another like that small character point which is repetitive is that he never wants to. He's trying to let everyone retain their honor. I guess he's never trying to embarrass anybody never trying to hurt anybody so he's flipping blades around he's pulling punches continuously he's catching people who are falling and he's just fast enough to do that without missing a step which is it's impressive to watch he's just like a physical god i don't know i think i'm gonna disagree with you about the way the action shot uh this was a different cinematographer than the first movie and i Uh, i don't know if it's this fight specifically but there are these reoccurring there's this thing that they keep doing over and over where we're getting like POV shots of mm-hmm. E-Man fighting. Um, that definitely or the person in the he's fighting. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> like it just feels like Dragon Ball Z or something, just seeing all mm-hmm. these like rapid fists. And I would, we really need to cut into this episode a super cut of just all of the punching sound effects <laughs> because there's times yeah. where it's just like, it's like putting a, uh, a card and your bicycle spokes or something like that like mm-hmm. it's just so rapid the man the, is fast yeah the flutter i think it even gets like somewhat self-referential when they're doing like the fraternity initiation fight and they're like walking around the circumference of the table and it's just like you get like a good solid like 10 or 15 seconds of just like the and then like their faces back and oh forth. man it's such a delight yeah. yeah i think they're just like all right we're gonna have some fun with this because yeah it is like a little bit like ridiculous how fast you can just like performance well and that sound designer too like um I don't, I don't know when we're allowed to get into spoiler territory but like when Samo hung is getting punched in the face um uh, a lot towards the end the sound design gets disgusting like it's it's brutal and it is uncomfortable and it's a very heavy moment that like takes on a kind of different tone because yeah i don't know if human faces are supposed to sound like that yeah, there's definitely a lot of weight to that scene. No, no pun intended. There's definitely like a really yeah. heavy sound. Um, I was going to ask, what did you think about? I like the scene early on when basically like the this guy shows up and he like challenges him into a fight and mm-hmm. quickly quickly is bested, and then he shows up later with like four or five like four more guys oh. and they all. What did you think about that fight? Because that's like a, a earlier on, but I, I do appreciate just like the elegance of yeah, like one guy's like about to fall face down on the ground, then he like grabs him right in front of his foot, and then like you know, I just I like to. Th- what did you guys think about that early on fight? Um, I mean, it's another. It really sets the tone for this movie where it's like It Man is extremely talented. He's so in control of his own body and. He's having fun with it too, which is like something that he's been just like patiently waiting with faith. And this is like, this is his patience being rewarded every time like he punches the guy and turns or, or like holds up, holds the fist like he's going to punch somebody, turns around, smiles to camera, lets us know that we're having a good time. Yeah, he winks. And really sets the tone. Like to me that this, this is like the movie continues in this for quite some time. It, it does start to get more dramatic towards the end. But like what I enjoy is how fun this movie is and how I, that really just sets the tone. Okay, so this I like is, that yeah. character a lot. This is essentially how the movie starts. Um, he he ends up taking on students because he can't afford to pay the rent, 
Um, one of his students gets into trouble, and that's when we get our machete fight with all the pallets and stuff. And when he starts a school, um, it's revealed that he has to pay the other martial arts school. He has to like join an association. First, he has and, like, to prove himself by fighting, opening a tournament to fight any kung fu master in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then he has to pay into a protection racket, basically. Which they don't reveal to him until he beats Master Hung. Yeah, until yeah. he beats everyone. So yeah, do we want to talk about this this table fight? Yeah, it's just it's fucking amazing. Yes. I, I really appreciate <laughs> the, the first guy that shows up because he's like right. he's incredibly arrogant and he's like trying to do like intimidating things like winking and faking him out. Oh, I think and, like, he just he... has a tick. Oh, I thought that, no. I, well, no <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was a choice. I, <laughs> yeah, because it does happen sort of later in the end when he is in, like watching the fight and he has like a, a little bit of a tick. But he does this fight, and then as soon as he's done, as soon as he's bested by Eatman, one of the guys he's sitting who is sitting next to him at the table was like, "One shouldn't fight like that." And that's like it yeah. was just like a really funny joke. And I was like, "Yeah, exactly." Mm-hmm. He was up there kind of bullshitting and just like you know. And then the second guy gets up and is way more honorable. But. Yeah, just that entire scene is just so well done. And I'm kind of with Gavin. It is kind of like, it is very high up there on like, I've only seen two of these movies so far, but that's like very high up there as far as like just yeah. standout scenes. And I feel like the scene didn't really come together for me until we get the third fight with Master oh, yeah. Hung. It's and, the, the, table, the table is being set that entire time leading up to it. It's not, yeah, the fight the hasn't table. begun. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like even the st- the way it's shot feels differently. Um, mm-hmm. We get yeah. this nice moment of them. They have like a little back and forth with their fight. And then they both stop to pose. And it's accompanied by this like sound effect that really just like underlines the whole thing. It just feels so fucking good. Um, I will say like there is one part in this fight that does get kind of confusing, which is uh, it becomes a balancing act. They're trying to balance yeah. on the table. So we're getting a lot of shots of their feet. And it's just... Mm-hmm. Two guys in black pants, <laughs> like identical <laughs> from the waist down. Uh, very difficult to know what's going yeah, on. The screen I, I direction like... maintains. I will, like, you know, I, I never felt confused by that. I understand what you're saying. But, and to me, it's, there's also, like, I, without, I don't want to gloss over, like, that intro point where they're all, like, I love those two guys that we were talking about, the two guys that he fights first, arguing it with each other, like, uh, the two Muppets from, like, the... Uh, the old guys? Their, yeah, the old guys, and just, yeah. like... Back in my day, Beaker. we didn't use stools. We used we fought over pits of spikes. Yeah, Statler <laughs> one and one little slip and you're dead. Yes, yeah, Statler and Waldorf. <laughs> yeah. I, I love like just like the age that they're showing, which is like yeah, you yeah. know, and and Samo's not supposed to be young. Yeah, uh, Master Hung, uh, Hung, he you know, and that's like plays into he's got asthma, he needs his medicine, but like that's not to diminish his fighting style at all, and like the knowledge that he brings in and uses the table. Like, that's what makes this feel so fun is both this and the fisherman, fisherman fight have, like, these groundings in their situations. Like, in the fisherman fight, he's using... He's also, like, having to stop his pupil at first, who's got his hands binded, but he's still trying to fight and kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it breaks into, like, him using the palate, him using the blades. There's these ele- um, elevations of the fight that happen organically yeah. through the scene work. And this, like that, you know, Samo is, like kicking uh stools to like make himself appear taller and for his entrance and there's like the table becoming offsetting and splitting in like this ridiculous <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah and like the wire work shows like like you saying the wire from work... the first movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and I, I just i love being here it's such a fun place to be yeah it's very cool yeah them kick flipping the table back yeah just... oh man it's great Chef's kiss <laughs> yeah just weightless Light, light as a feather. <laughs> just like this. Yeah, I, I really appreciate uh, Sammo Hung in this. And yeah, I like, there's a really good wide where he like, I, he like sort of weighs down the table to just like coax E-Man to sort of go towards him. And yeah. then he jumps up and does like this really huge kick. And then we get like this really like sharp, just like a high yacht kick sound. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, it feels like campy in, in like a way that's appropriate for like this serious initiation for like this you know i don't know if this is something that actually happened or like, you know, we mentioned mm-hmm. that um masters challenging each other was something that happened like, in the first movie but yeah i don't know if this yeah. particular uh table ceremony is is a real thing but it, i would you know love if that was the truth <laughs> it also establishes the uh i forget what it's called um but the the meditation sticker or the incense stick mm-hmm. as like a timer yeah 
that like becomes a big big insult later when uh twister brings his own giant ridiculous stick and uh yeah how does the concept of twister get get introduced in this exactly um i mean it's like a little they're working their way in through so this fight is written up in the local newspaper where we also are introduced to like like a journalist subplot yeah, journalist subplot and like crooked police. Well, not crooked, yeah, but like the police t- who's working for the British. Yeah. And then uh, Samo Hung is providing security for a British boxing exhibition. Yeah. And they're like telling him that if he quits, they're going to shut down his fish right. business and stuff. And they're refusing to pay him. It's like a, you know, a protection racket or like rackets on tops of rackets where everyone's just screwing each other. Yeah. It's kind of twisty how we incorporate yeah. just another boxing match into the movie but, yeah uh, it's a little strange because yeah these guys are like in my opinion they they seem to be a, like a notch or two co- like comedic not comedically um just like so obviously villainous that it, <laughs> they sort of they sort of stand out in a way where like the one guy is just like uh, the skinnier guy is like just like just get him out of here it's like we don't have time to talk about money and he's just being like they're just yeah. like, screaming at and then oh man the guy his character his name is fatso um the the mm-hmm. chinese yeah. cop he has another he has one of my favorite lines in this movie too when uh twister's like screaming at him at the, the ring and he's like i can't hear like i can't bear to heal uh hear foreigners squeal or something like that and he's just like we got to get out of here and i just i just like that that wording of it just felt really particular and just like you know, just comparing him to like foreign pigs and yeah i i just i like that dynamic between our cops who are sort of like seemingly kind of villainous but then they all become all on our side once we're introduced to twister i was going to mention earlier when we we're talking about yeah the small like the small confrontations between the hunga uh team like sort of the hunga school versus the wind shun uh like the one like guy who has like the beanie on he was like the like the villain he he becomes like a sympathetic character towards the end when he's getting like bullied by twister inside of the boxing ring yeah so i have like a question of, it's very political it's like all of us versus them now i just like the way that it sort of helps us get on a team but go ahead daniel uh i was just gonna say i have a question about fatso so <laughs> yeah. is all right so i watched this in the dub and mm-hmm. they oh. don't pronounce it fatso in the dub so I'm wondering, is this guy's name, like, is Fatso supposed to be an insult? Or is that just the man's name? Like, it's like how, like, Dick is a what name. What do they say in the dub? I don't know. It, they, it sounds like a, I have no idea. It sounds like Hong or something like that. I have no idea. It does not sound like Fatso. <laughs> Interesting. Because um, <laughs> that's what he's listed on IMDb, is Fatso. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm wondering if it's like, they didn't want to translate Fatso because fatso has obvious connotations in english and maybe fatso doesn't have the same meaning in chinese i feel like, like maybe fats, it's not supposed to be a joke fats and fatso is like a character like that's a name that i feel like i see a lot in yeah uh, like older hong kong movies and where they just like all the characters are kind of described as archetypes like old man hmm. is used constantly but like we get a moment towards the end of the movie spoiler alert where a man yells fatso has told me everything that was the subtitle <laughs> and it does not he does not say fatso has told me everything in the english dub um so i i'm wondering if it's like if the character's name was like dick in an english language movie we mm-hmm. would say like well that's just a person's name sometimes it's not necessarily a joke if, if right. it's that sort of case i mean he is a heavier set man not yes, to it's very convenient <laughs> yeah which i so again i didn't just rewatch the first movie but that's that's the movie that has like the the coal scene like the coal scenes and like mm. the mining and the uh you know i want to fight 10 men am i right yes. yeah 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 which has like a very similar character in that kind of weedy translator in between which i feel like fat like fatso is kind of doing in this movie as well so they're kind of playing their hits a little bit there's a lot of wink and nods it's the same thing where it's sort like of traitors after yeah that like tend to redeem themselves or at least try to towards the end which i think happens in the first movie and definitely happens here yeah and you you've also got him after the fish market scene i love the people continuously going you really can fight 10 men <laughs> <laughs> over and over again yeah, it's like we saw the first movie we know <laughs> yeah 
is there another hidden joke in this movie? Uh, Master Hung has seven children. You know, just take that information. Oh, yeah. However you will. Um, <laughs> so anyway, we get to uh, we eventually get um, the Chinese martial artists showcasing mm-hmm. their their fighting styles in front of Twister and the British, and Twister challenges these guys. And he fucks them up. They were just there to like show some poses and stuff, do some yeah. routines, and he fucking annihilates these men until it comes down to Master Hung taking him on one one v one. And um I feel like as soon as Master Hung signs up for this, we all know he's dead, right? Like Yeah. I got I got yeah. that vibe as soon as it's gonna happen. And so this is when I say like the structure of this, it feels like we have we are obligated to watch this fight scene happen and see this man get his ass kicked so that it man can avenge him. Um, and it doesn't right. really feel dramatically. I don't, I'm not that dramatically invested in it, I guess. Not only that, but we're shown this man's entire family multiple times. We're reminded how adorable they are and how much his yeah. wife seems to like him. And yeah. uh, then uh, it man and all of his pupils offer him many outs to be like, it's okay. It's it's yeah. just, just let's throw in this towel and he has to like stop and stare dead into Donnie Yen's eyes like yeah and then there's that I can tolerate it if it's just my life but not yeah. the Chinese martial arts world and Super uh, I don't know how I feel about that as a, a thematic point like there uh, it man is not a good father it seems like not at all or, or husband in these <laughs> movies either yeah. <laughs> I'm um, interested yeah. I'm interested to see if that's an ongoing thing as the series progresses. <laughs> Um, yeah, that'd be great, because, yeah, I wonder if they age his son up or anything like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Twister... him, him dying is, yeah, it's really painful, and yeah, like... It's he, they, brutal. He's literally getting, like, spun around and, like, tossed around yeah. like a rag Yeah, he gets doll. punched so, yeah. into the sky, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's um, really fucking hard to, to, like, get through. But, uh, yeah, then we just cut to a newspaper montage, <laughs> where it's, yep. like, just newspaper headlines, followed by... Oh, no, it's a funeral and then a newspaper headlines. Uh, It's kind Mm -hmm. of a weird smash cut. Yeah, the funeral is, like, it looks immaculate. Like, it's a really Mm -hmm. interesting, like, you know, looking beautiful set with, like, all of the children and, like, the family there. Then he, like, sets the towel, like, the bloody towel on the the mantle. And so, yeah, it's it's a very melodramatic moment. Yeah, the second half of this movie is just, yeah, really heavy. And, yeah, what he... Sort of, he sends his family away, as if like yes, it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be too I to, dangerous. I need, so, I need yeah. to train. I need yeah. to focus. Yeah. Uh, Get out pregnant of wife, pregnant, pregnant wife. wife, please <laughs> yeah. leave. Go I don't hang out with your this. sister for a while. Yeah, yeah. The movie sort of forgets about that <laughs> aspect. The fact that yeah, like there's. Just I mean, so it many doesn't. Things. We like nearly show the birth of his son as as they're uh, as he's training just to like show how focused the man is yeah i, I guess so yeah but, yeah for, <laughs> to me it just is just like okay like there's clearly a lot going on so it, you know it can't be a two and a half hour movie to really satisfy every single one of these plots and it's like the wife in the first movie goes from being like no more fighting like get your fighting out of here don't fight in the house okay you got to fight in the house like oh, okay i get it you got to fight these guys to so now she's like yeah, hey, if you gotta miss the birth of your child, like I get it, you gotta train. We gotta take yeah. uh, Twister down, she right? And now, like, he's famous as hell. Now, now that your your friend just died in the ring and left behind seven kids and a wife without a father and a source of income, like, yeah, go go do your thing, whatever. Yeah, fuck it's cool. him up. <laughs> yeah, when he brings out what is that thing called? Um, whatever that the that wooden thing. man. Yeah. The, the device training train. dummy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, when he brings that out, yeah, it's just, it's it's like this, you know, assassin pulling out his gun or, right. like, or whatever. It's like or like you know, pulling out the suit, like he's suiting up or whatever. Is yeah, very intense moment of him. Feel like he, he like doesn't even start. He like starts to like rub it very slowly. Like he's like you know, like, it's it's an in- interesting moment where he's just like okay, like caressing this thing before he like locks in and starts to work his routines. Yeah, what do you think about the final fight? It Man versus Dolph Lundgren. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's kind of a letdown up until the end. Uh, I don't think it's as exciting as prior scenes. I think it's not shot as well as prior scenes. Um, how how are you feeling? 
I, I think it is it is the least interesting probably of the of the big set pieces in this movie in a lot of ways they do try and give it a lot, lot of dramatic weight and there are some elements of Donnie Yen's specifically his performance in this that are stellar like yeah, I yeah. love him adjusting to a boxing match having never yeah. done like a western style boxing match before and like the audience laughing at him as he just misunderstands the timing of a of like he just walks yeah, over to the fighter to like he's ready yeah yeah um, and um I not to jump ahead to it, but like when things, when as the fight like goes back and forth, like it starts out with um, Donnie and getting his ass kicked yeah. for a while. Repeatedly. That yeah. turns and then they start changing the rules on him just to confuse him further. Yeah. They remove his legs from the equation. And it, I, it's, 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 it's pretty fun. I, I, it's not as fun as the table. It's not as fun as the fish market, but dramatically, it, it, I feel like it carries its own weight. I feel like they kind of nerf him like Donnie Yen yeah like um like he gets his ass kicked repeatedly and it's like okay fine like I get that dramatically but there's a moment where Twister punches him after the bell rings yeah and it's like I feel like the it man that we've come to know wouldn't be like caught off guard by that like he would still be ready for he wouldn't let his guard down he'd still be ready for that um it felt a little uh, out of character to me. Yeah, maybe. I think it goes with what Gavin was just saying about him not quite understanding the rhythm the of rules. a boxing match and him being like, oh, well, he's assuming that this dude Twister is going to have like more honor than he really yeah. doesn't have. And I just got to give a shout out to the actor, Darren Shalavi. Uh, he passed away mm -hmm. in 2015, but I have to say this performance is like, it is one of the things that like I like can't get out of my mind in this movie just because <laughs> like, all of the physiques of all of these other fighters have been pretty reserved or like, you know, these characters are dressed in like, you know, fully clothed, or, yeah, like, fully yeah. clothed, but like Twister, he's just like basically like, out there in his short shorts. He looks yeah. like a fucking street fighter character. Like literally like his biceps are massive and he's got like veins popping out and shit. And just like, just like that sheer contrast of just like Donnie Yen, just like in the black and just like really reserved. And then like this guy who's literally like spitting out blood and just like, it's, I don't know. It's just, I really enjoy that contrast. And yeah, I, I'm kind of with Daniel though. I, I feel like if they could have brought the camera back a little bit and just sh given a little bit mm -hmm, less mm -hmm. uh, speed ramping, I feel like I'd have been into it a lot more just because I'm, I'm really just into, yeah, just the the difference in, in weight classes and just like how yeah. that makes it's like a like a fucking literal mountain to climb for him and so yeah when he, he can't use his uh, legs anymore like he starts like working the biceps and like finding yeah. different right. ways to which is pretty inside. cool yeah it's I, yeah it's, like it's elegant yeah. once he's making his comeback the fight works a lot better for me and like we're using slow-mo and stuff so you can appreciate the motions a little more and I don't know. There's we, we we are right there with him. We know what his strategy is, so we're just seeing it play right. out. It's it's very easy to follow. I think what you're also describing, which we also somewhat see in the previous fight, is like part of what's fun about it, man, is like you can really see his brain working. Mm -hmm. And for yeah. the first like half of this fight, he's just trying to understand where he's is and what's going on. And it feels like it lasts a little bit long. Yeah. I do wish like we were seeing him try something earlier. Because it doesn't feel like he's tried anything until he's flashing back to Sammo Hung's death and being like, oh yeah, uh, that, that thing that I told him to do, I should probably try that out. <laughs> it is yeah, cool yeah. when we're cross-cutting between uh, Hung doing moves and a man doing moves and they're like synchronized. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like Hung is like, the memory of Hung lives on through it man's fighting. Yeah. Um, because it's not just it man, it's the yeah. world of Chinese martial arts. The world, yeah. Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and I'm really into that aspect of it. Like, like I said, I, it was a little bit of a interruption, not an interruption, but I was mentioning, yeah, like the fact that like our villains early on in the movie sort of just kind of get drafted into this entire nation of mm -hmm. like, you know, these Chinese martial arts versus this extremely arrogant boxing that is like coming in and just like blatantly disrespecting our culture and like, that, you know. I, I yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Even outside of Twister himself, the other, like, British dude who's, I think, I guess he's part of the police? It was a little unclear what the man did, he's, but uh, the, guy that, the guy that Fatso reports to, his, it seems his, like... His credit is Superintendent Wallace. Okay, so the superintendent, <laughs> when he's issuing the apology for Sammo Hung's yeah. death, oh my god, yeah. that is, like, some Which, of the most, yeah. like, 
painful to listen to because he's just the worst, the it's worst like man fight. I can imagine. The, the fighter was too weak, and too <laughs> too weak willed. One punch yeah. and he died. It's weird that it's like we want to. We want to clarify that we are apologizing for this. <laughs> and to prove we are sorry, Twister will fight any one of you and kill you. Yeah. Continue yeah. to insult you. Yeah, there's two. And sl- here, here are some props in case <laughs> yeah. in case I wasn't being offensive enough. Like, let's take this maybe spiritual thing, comically oversize it, and say <laughs> that I will kill any Chinese man who approaches me until there's no Chinese men left. Yeah. Yeah, then we get the slow motion walk-in of Donnie Yen. So there's two slow motion walk-ins in this movie. This one yeah. where he walks into the fraternity, and I like that shot. There's like you know like the chandeliers and stuff, and coming from like the bright outside. But here, yeah, it's like he's walking in. There's like press everywhere, and yeah, surrounded with the microphones. And yeah, there's a like, few really cool like big set pieces just visually in terms of that. Like I also shout out to that final, shout out to that final fight being in that beautiful like Art Deco, like all the lights mm-hmm. and like the near like stained glass cathedral that is the boxing ring. It's like the greens and beautiful looking. Yeah. Um, I will say I think the performance that steals the show during this ending is the announcer. Um, <laughs> this guy's fucking incredible. <laughs> like he's so over the top, so animated. Uh, he's speaking. I don't know how to speak Chinese. I'm assuming it's perfect Chinese. <laughs> what he's Pretty, speaking. Yeah. That's oh, how he got the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was looking at his IMDb. His name is Brian Thomas Burrell, and he's in a lot of other chinese and like uh kung fu films and so yeah i think like that's his, yeah. his resume is stacked because he got the cantonese down and he's move like, over gonna... donnie yen it's <laughs> gonna be it man and it man and, like the rest of the movies just cast this dude <laughs> yeah yeah he's, he's definitely very animated yeah it definitely goes it helps with like the boxing trope of just like yeah yeah a really extreme announcer yeah we even get like the like the ring girl like which i was like not yeah. expecting for this movie i was like oh like okay it's a really random detail but i was like okay yeah that makes that makes sense um watching this dubbed made the ending especially funny because there's this back and forth between the announcer and Ip Man as like Ip Man's giving a speech after oh, winning right, right, the yeah, fight. Yeah. And so he'll like say something and then the, in English because it's dubbed and then the announcer right. is just like, he said this and like repeats the whole phrase. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> We're all here. Oh, fantastic. All right. What do we think about? Out of about? curiosity is, oh, go ahead. No, go, go ahead, Gavin. You're, you're our guest. Go ahead. I was going to just ask, is Donnie Yen doing his own voice in the English dub, or is it someone else? No, it is It is not an impressive dub. Uh, okay. It is very unfortunate. Uh, like, it's me, watch... It Man. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Coming through. Did you, did you just watch it in the dub, or did you... I just watched both? it in the dub. I, I was working while I was watching, and I was like, Got, I don't want to gotcha. miss something. So. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I yeah watched this movie twice so far and i've only have watched it in cantonese so it'd be interesting to see yeah to yeah it's get not that experience good. uh it's what do like... we think about the, ca- <laughs> the cameo at the end oh <laughs> i uh it's both wonderful and terrible but mostly wonderful <laughs> that that kid has the bruce lee mannerisms down for like the 30 seconds that he's in the movie yeah <laughs> sorry like the, the, the nose scratch and yeah oh it's great he's yeah. like i'm here to tell you about the avengers initiative <laughs> yeah. Apparently, they did a world like a, a worldwide casting call to find that kid. Yeah, yeah it well, works. This, this movie. Great. <laughs> well, originally, this movie was going to heavily involve Bruce Lee yeah. in the plot, but they couldn't get they couldn't secure the rights with the family, so they resulted to just a small little cameo. At they the were end. like, uh, "We can't do Bruce Lee. Uh, let's just make it Rocky. Let's just make it Rocky." Movie. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah, this movie does feel like a, well, we got to make an It Man movie. Like, I mean, I guess we can't do what we wanted to do. Like, let's just borrow some tropes and do like a holdover generic martial arts flick. But it's too similar to the first one. Like, we've already seen him lose a friend in a fight and then have to avenge the friend. (laughs) Like, like, I I was most interested when it was just like him trying to start a martial arts school and like getting into it with other martial arts teachers. Like. We don't need to. No, get that is this movie thing. at its best for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird shift. It's just, and that is like, it's, it's, yeah, it's ripping off the first movie. It's ripping off a lot of other movies, <laughs> but like that's something that just a lot of these movies were doing. Like, um, Fist of Legends, another one of my favorites, which is another very like straightforward, you know, rival schools, master, and then imperialism, and like some colonial force that 
is insult like that one's doing the Japanese, which I think is also the first movie here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it's either the Japanese or the British are always the big bad in like a lot of these movies, which you know earned. But uh, it's never surprising, but it tends to be fun, and this movie at least makes it pretty fun. Yeah, it's fine. I think like if you go in <laughs> with the attitude of like, hey, it's not it's not trying to be at man one. They're just they're just having a good time. They're just goofing. They're just having yeah, they're some just waiting. They're waiting for those Bruce Lee uh, clearances to come through. Yeah. Might as well make a movie while we wait. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's good. They up the wire work. Everyone's having fun. We all had fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more I talk, the more we talk about it, and the more we like sort of go over like things in this movie. The more I'm leaning towards like I'm I'm into it because yeah, it, it like it's it's really like low stakes, and yeah, we do get I think like best like it's like best of both worlds kind of where it's a like, man died, Thomas. I, I know it's, it's, it's kung fu. Like people, people die. It's kung fu, man. People die every day. Um, I just think it's nice because we do get like a really sweet um a, a, like a really great kung fu film in the first half and then it shifts to this yeah. boxing film in the second half and I, I, i'm kind of into it like it does, like, like i the villain is is just evil and assholey enough to just make it like you know i'm i'm, I'm into that i want to see more of him with his students though like we have that mm-hmm. student at the beginning yeah, getting yeah. in the fight and like he like tosses his hat and it doesn't land on the thing and, like, <laughs> that's a nice little comedic moment it's like i want to see more of that like have him like teaching lessons uh, as being the master instead of you know the master, I guess. True. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Could have had a little bit more of that. But yeah. there's many Maybe more movies in to go. Three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what's Gavin, in store? Gavin, have you seen all four? I I'm fairly certain I've seen the first three. I remember just like you both. Uh, only a couple months ago, I started watching these, knowing I'd seen it Man One once. And I was like, oh, I might as well just, like, Donnie ends great. Maybe I'll go watch the Man movies. And I think I got through three. And I just was getting busy. The movie was having a... I was having a tougher time holding my attention, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Just to just to brace you all for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I fell off, I think, around three. Okay. So, I'm really... I want to see him fight Mike Tyson. Is Mike Tyson playing yeah. himself? Is it a time travel uh, movie? I don't think so. I also don't... <laughs> goes to a phone booth. Yeah. After 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 teasing Bruce Lee in this movie, I don't think he's in three. Bruce Lee isn't. Yeah, yeah, and I just I, that might I might be wrong, but like that was my memory of just like, well, where's the Bruce Lee story that I was waiting for? What, what's Mike Tyson doing here? Yeah, he's not every, Bruce Lee. Every, like even the first movie is like it ends, and then it's like, and by the way, he trained Bruce Lee, and then this yeah. one it's like, and then Bruce Lee was there, and he trained him eventually. Yeah. And so, like, by that point, I was like, all right, can we just, like, I don't even, because I'm not sure the Bruce Lee story is going to be that interesting, yeah. to be honest. Like, the first <laughs> like, movie? It's, I don't know what I'm looking forward to. It's just, like, going to be Bruce Lee learning Kung Fu. The first movie, uh, I'm like, yeah. surely the events of this first movie is a greater achievement than training Bruce yeah. Lee. Right. Like, Def- I get the definitely. cultural impact, but I don't know if watching Bruce Lee learn martial arts is going to be that fascinating. Yeah. And like, yeah, I think I got but it. at a certain point, I'm just like, hey, stop teasing it. Just tell me this so we can move on to other stories. Um, so I don't, I don't know. The next one should I think start. four maybe is Bruce Lee. Who knows? The next one should start with an adult Bruce Lee being like, I'm going to America. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. That's so great. Um, any closing thoughts on Eat Man 2? I think I'm good. All right. Well, Gavin, you know we, what we do at the end of our episodes here. What have you been watching this week? Oh man, uh, I've been catching up on Rick and Morty as that's coming out. All right, yeah. I'm enjoying that. Uh, Blind spotting too. I've been keeping up on a lot of TV. Movie wise, um, it's mostly things I'm excited for, and I've been trying to drag my butt to the theater, and I just yeah. haven't gotten there yet. But I'm very excited for the Spark Stock. Yeah, I wanted to see Luca, but it doesn't seem like it's playing in theaters. I think it went straight to Disney Plus. Yeah, that was kind of the uh, weird soul treatment. Interesting. I think they're doing that yeah. with all their Pixar stuff. That's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, Blind Spotting and Rick and Morty have been really fun. And uh, I'm enjoying the new season of Dave, which I mentioned on our podcast. And Sage I jumped down my throat about, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I got like three more recommendations for of Dave today. 
Um, so. I I would I would now I'm gonna re, now I'm gonna retract mine because that's too many okay. recommendations for Dave. Dave is fine; it's enjoyable, <laughs> but like I do not want to overhype it. Okay, okay. Let me yeah Fair. let me let me retract my recommendation for Dave. That's, that's I'm I'm happy this is happening. Uh, Thomas, what about you? Uh, so this week I've been uh, kind of going deeper into my Conan binge. He ended his show last week, and so. I got into Conan Without Borders. It's all on HBO Max. And they had Conan Without Borders on the Team Coco website, but all the clips are separated, and it's just, Mm -hmm. it's kind of catawampus, in my opinion. And so the way that uh, HBO Max has it set up in just two seasons, and all the episodes are in order. So I've been just going through and watching those and just having a good time with that. Because, yeah, I'm about to, my, I don't know if the audience or listeners know, I'm, I'm moving to South Korea as soon as I'm getting my mind ready for, you know, uh, international travel. So, yeah, I know his uh, episode with Steve Yun going to South Korea is, is like a really popular, really fun one. So, yeah, looking forward to rewatching that. But also, this past week, Tyler, the Creator, put out a new album. And Tyler, the Creator's music videos are always, like, incredible and, like, vibrantly colored and interesting yeah. ideas and framing and all of that shit and so that's definitely the same for these uh videos um the album is called call me if you get lost and the videos are all just like really small bursts like little one minute clips basically so like yeah they're really interesting uh, yeah i just i just appreciate just like just the vibrance and just like the production design just like his yeah, everything is just like really big and colorful for these videos, and I just really enjoy them. And there's there's even one that's like a skit. It's called Brown Sugar Salmon. That's just kind of silly and fun. And yeah, I don't know. I just I I appreciate just the entire aesthetic and the kind of the rollout that usually accompanies a Tyler the Creator album. And his last few were a little bit more like not rap heavy, more like sing, more singing and more R and B on his last two albums. And so this album is more just straight up rap and i appreciate just like all of that a little bit more so i recommend those videos his bet performance was also really fun with the yeah. giant wind machine yeah i was gonna mention that yeah like him just like going against like this massive wind current and then like yeah it's like holding the suitcase and the it could have used just a little bit of wire work though well yeah, yeah. <laughs> every thing is could use a little yeah yeah you know just a little bit of help yeah yeah, I think it might be some limitations with just of the live show and like being at like you know a part of twelve or fifteen other more <laughs> performances that evening. Like I've watched, like, I didn't watch all of them, but <laughs> there's the one with DJ Khaled and like because you know DJ Khaled isn't the performer; it's like he he's the the producer, so to speak. And so there's other artists. So it's like him on stage, just like running around screaming, and it's like it's just a mess and I was just like how do you organize something like this where just like all of these artists performing all night it has to be a shit show and so I don't know just I I, I give them props for when stuff works uh, even yeah. like watching the Oscars recently this past uh, a couple months ago I was like yeah sometimes these like big events just like go off the rails and just become just like weird uh Daniel what have you been watching this week uh I've been watching how to with John Wilson have either of you watched this I've heard of it. No. It is fantastic. Like, it is really, really, really good TV. Um, it's on HBO. <laughs> it is produced by Nathan Fielder, ex- executive produced by oh, Nathan okay. Fielder. Um, the way the show works, it's this guy, John Wilson. He's a documentarian who he just records an incredible amount of footage all over New York City. And he puts together these sort of video essays um, all about how to do something. Um, so one of them is like how to do small talk where he's just like going around examining how people talk and interviewing people. And before you know it, he ends up at a hotel that is hosting MTV spring break and he is interviewing (laughs) spring breakers. Um, it's, I don't, all of the footage it's shot from POV. You're never like seeing him interact with these people. It's just like from his camera. So it feels kind of invasive a little bit sometimes. Um, But yeah, no one in the footage seems to mind that he's pointing a camera at them. Um, It just creates a very weird dynamic. I don't know. You guys just got to watch it. It it feels like Uh, like when you would watch um, 
Mr. Rogers, then they would have like little documentaries about like how crayons are made or something. And it's just like a voiceover <laughs> with footage. Like that's kind of what this feels like, but it's more comedic okay. and weirder. And just, you know, he'll start off with a simple concept, like how to do small talk and he'll end up in some place you don't expect. Um, that's cool. Yeah. Re- check it out. It is every episode's like under a half hour. So it's, you could just like pop through them. Um, and it is like one of the cooler things that I've seen on TV lately. Um, yeah. I remember trying to watch it. I was really into Joe Para when, like, Joe Para was mm-hmm. doing his second season, like, last year. And, yeah, I think I, like, watched a clip, and I I might have saw too many similarities and discredited the one you're mentioning. But, yeah, I was watching it, and I was like, this seems interesting, but I, it didn't quite click. But your recommendation is going to make me Seriously, revisit it. check it out. Yeah, my buddy Christian yeah. recommended it, and I checked it out, and... Uh, it's like one of the fastest things I've binged in a while. Um, okay. And there's only like six episodes or something. Okay. Also, uh, before we go, I want to shout out Tim. Good night. Because my buddy Tim listens to our podcast every night he goes to bed and he says he falls asleep <laughs> listening to it. Oh, sweet. <laughs> hey, Tim. How you doing? <laughs> I feel like us addressing him directly is going to wake him back up. Yeah. We'll <laughs> really weird dreams. Yeah. So, hey, Tim, I hope you're having some real weird dreams. Sweet dreams. Counterintuitive. There's definitely got to be lightsabers and dinosaurs involved. Or else, mm-hmm. is, is it really a dream if there's no lightsabers or dinosaurs involved? All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for episode 45. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can email us, vaguezonepod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us, at vaguezone. If you want to let us know comments, questions, or concerns, stuff to watch, hit us up on Twitter. Yep, I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. Thank you for joining us, and, Gavin. Yeah, uh, Gavin. Thank you. And I'm Gavin. And would you like to plug your show? Uh, sure. You can find that show at Still Good Pod on most things. Uh, it's Is This Still Good is the name of the podcast. Uh, the Vague Zone boys were on uh, our last episode. So go that find that one. That was interesting. We're a little rusty, a of, but, you know, got through it. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can find me at Gavin V. Murray on Instagram. And uh, I just put out, I just shot a music video that came out called The Cat's Meow for um, Neek 27. So go look that up. Oh, awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. Cool, cool. All right. Take care. Yeah, thank thank you for joining us, Gavin. And thank you for listening, all of our listeners. We will catch you on the next one. Cool. And sleep well. Sleep well, you specifically. my little pretties. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs>